Well, you might recognize a number of these different words that we just read from being from some of the Psalms, even from the Psalm that Doug read earlier from Psalm 96. And also there are other uh, picked up from Psalm 105 and from Psalm 106. And so they are all gathered together to give us this great song of praise that we see here tonight. And the Puritan Richard Baxter wrote, Lord, whatever you want, wherever you want it, and whenever you want it, that's what I want. And that's a great prayer for all of us. I'll read that again. Lord, whatever you want, wherever you want it, and whenever you want it, that's what I want. When we consider the Lord's will and what He wants from us, that can be a troubling question for us to answer, and often we can't answer that. We don't know what the Lord wants us to do. We don't know what His mysterious will in our life could be. We come to various crossroads, and we don't know which way should I go, this way or that way, and both of those two ways might be of equal good in terms of direction. If a, if a direction is bad, then obviously we know categorically that's not a direction the Lord wants us to take. And a, a good litmus test for us in that is if we can't ask the blessing of the Lord on something, it's probably not a good direction for us to be going in. Whatever area of life, whatever thing that we are doing in life, if we can't ask the Lord to bless it, it's probably not a good thing for us. But we see the mysterious side of God's will, and that's often the thing that we struggle with so much. But as one has said, it's not those parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me. It's the parts I do understand that bother me. And so we can think of the mysterious side of God's will, but also the revealed will in the scriptures is something that is very obvious for us, but often something that we have a hard time living up to. And here's a sample. If you are a note taker, then we'll quickly go through these different things. But what is God's will for us? Well, the scriptures, the revealed will of God, tells us very plainly that avoiding sexual immorality and impurity is God's will for us. And we see that in 1 Thessalonians 4, 1 through 8. This is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. So that's the will of God for us, to abstain from sexual immorality. Wise living is God's will for us. We see that in Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5.15, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So we should walk soberly circumspectly, wisely in this world. That's the will of God for us. Also, transformation, renewal. That's the will of God for us. We see that in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And then also we see this idea of thanksgiving being the will of God for us. Continually rejoicing, ceaseless in prayer and constant thanksgiving are God's will for us. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so you can see that though some aspects of the will of God 
may be mysterious for us within the decrees of God, uh, yet there are aspects of the will of God that are very clear for us to live out within the pages of God's Word. So, it isn't the parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me. It is the parts that I do understand. That can be uh, of great uh, uh, import to us and also a great challenge to us to live in those ways that are pleasing to God, to live in the revealed will of God. So while we're waiting for God's guidance, God's leading with the mysterious part, how are we doing with the revealed part? How are we doing with these various aspects that we see here? How are we doing in the areas that he has made known to us very, very clearly in his word? And it's the idea of constant thanksgiving that I want to have us meditate on this night and look into this great chapter that we see here in First Chronicles 16. And we want to see firstly that this song teaches us what we should give. And we see that in verse 8, what we should give. We are to give thanks. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Now we often use that term giving thanks uh, before a meal. We might say we're, we're going to bow our heads, we're going to give thanks for a meal. And we should do that. We should be very thankful for God's providence in providing meals for us, food for us, a roof over our head, all those different things. But there's much more we can be thankful for. And there are some circumstances within our lives that we don't feel we can be thankful for. There are different dark providences, as we call them, that are very difficult, that happen to us in our lives. And those are circumstances that we, that we don't really feel like giving thanks for. But one thing that I've noticed in ministry over, over many years and discussing things with people, and you've probably noticed this as well, that people who go through very troubled times, people who go through these dark providences, people who go through times of affliction, when you sit down and you talk to them, maybe they not be, may not be thankful for that express thing that has caused the affliction, but there are a myriad of other things around that they do give thanks for within the providence of God, that within the, the structure or the confines of that suffering that they find themselves in, there are many other things that they are giving thanks for. And I know some of you even here uh, have had discussions with that are very, very grateful for different things that the Lord has done in their lives in and through suffering. Though we may not be thankful specifically for that aspect of suffering, there are many things around it that we do give thanks for. And that is the best way to be thankful and to be living in thankfulness and gratitude to God. The best thanks that we can give to the Lord is to live a life of grateful trust in Him day by day. Day by day. Every single day. There are so many things around us to give thanks to the Lord for. Trusting in His providence at work for our good, for His glory. Trusting in His promises that He will never leave us or forsake us. Trusting Him, giving thanks to Him for all of these works of providence that He gives to us. And I'm sure if you were to sit down later tonight and get a notepad out, what am I thankful for? I'm sure that as you thought about things, you would have many things to give thanks for to the Lord and, and for all of His goodness in your life. We are to give thanks. And sometimes that can be difficult in the trials we go through. And it's, and it's sometimes far easier to complain and to grumble about things than it is to give thanks. And I can be that way with food. I am a meat and potatoes and gravy guy and I don't like vegetables. And so 
we had a wonderful dinner last night and, and I had steak and potatoes at, at, the, at the wedding and it was delicious. It was tremendous. But there was also something green on my plate, asparagus, and I didn't eat it. I was trying to give it away to other people around me because I generally don't eat things that are green. I'm not thankful for vegetables. I'm thankful for those who are because I know it's good for you, but personally, I just don't eat them. I don't like them. And even when I was a kid at Bible camp, I told them one year that I was allergic to them just to get out of eating vegetables. And they believed me. They, they, were, they were too afraid to take a chance and to feed me something and have me go anaphylactic or something. But anyways... Not so much I do not like vegetables generally. I like a few different things, but, but not cooked vegetables anyways. But anyways, we can be thankful for a number of different things. We can be ungrateful for other things. And that might be okay when it comes to food, but when it comes to our spiritual lives, it can be very, very dangerous to us. It can be, we need to be very careful about that. Are we a thankful people? Do we give gratitude to God? Do we bless His holy name for all of His providences within our lives? Do we have a general disposition of gratitude? Are we thankful for those things? Are we able to rejoice always and pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances? That can be a great challenge to us. That can be very difficult for us. And then also in verse 28 tells us that there is something else to give, that is to ascribe or to give to the Lord glory and strength. Now we give him glory and strength when we act as those who believe in his glory and live for his glory and depend on his strength. Are we dependent on the Lord or are we self-sufficient and self-dependent? Are we looking to him for the strength that only he can provide? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That is where we should be turning for that strength. We should be counting on the Lord's strength, the Lord's power, his might, and not our own and not being self-sufficient. So some of us might be looking for the Lord's strength for a challenge that might be ahead of us. Maybe we've got a particular doctor's appointment upcoming or maybe we have a particular treatment that's upcoming and we are looking for strength and we need strength because we feel so weak. And I want to encourage you that the Lord will not give you the strength that you need tomorrow, today. But when tomorrow comes and that challenge comes, He will give you the strength on that day. And so we need to look to Him and to His power and might on that day. And He will provide for us and encourage us in that time. What God calls us to go through, He's going to equip us with the strength to perform and to make it through that particular challenge. And the second thing that we see here is what we should sing. And we see that in verse 9. Sing to Him. Sing praises to Him. Tell of all His wondrous works. Now, I always like sitting behind these boys because they make me sound good when they're singing. And maybe even some of you at the back can hear them singing. And so I sat down behind Zach. The rest of his ensemble was not here yet. And I sat down behind him and I said, oh good, I can piggyback your singing because he has such a wonderful voice, uh, a voice that I do not have. Sing to the Lord all the earth, verse 23. Tell of his salvation from day to day. If all of the earth should sing to the Lord, how much more those of us who have been redeemed by the Lord? Through Christ, strengthened through the gracious operation of the Spirit of God, we should be able to have hearts that sing. Those whose hearts are full of thankfulness to God have good reason to sing. They were never at a loss for something to sing. 
We can always sing praises to God. And the Psalms summarize the range of human emotions for us and experience beautifully for us. And we know that there's a Psalter where, these psal- where the Psalms are put to, to music and we can sing those. And we often sing a Psalm in our services. And that is a good thing for us to be doing and a good practice to be in. The Psalms are the songs to sing unto the Lord. There are many different songs or Psalms of deliverance, of forgiveness, of peace, hope, joy, thanksgiving. Many different, the myriad of human emotions are found within the Psalms, and so they are great for us to sing. And I can't really sing. And so you will notice that when I'm up here, I will often often be fidgeting with this mic because I don't want to accidentally leave it on and terrorize the people watching at home because they're going to hear me in full force if they're watching there, and I don't want to do that. And what's more, my wife is a terrible singer, and she's not here tonight, so I can say that. She's probably watching at home, and... Uh, but she's heard it before. She, she knows that she's a terrible singer. But, but I love it when she sings because her heart is merry and she's singing hymns around the house, doing different things, and I love it. Even though she doesn't have a great voice, I love it and I know that the Lord loves it because she is singing from a full heart. And so it is a good thing for us to sing praises to our God. And then thirdly, we see what we should seek. And we see that in verse 11. Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His presence continually. Isn't that a wonderful thing to have the continually abiding presence of the Spirit of God within us? That presence continually. We have the Lord with us. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. And here we have the classic three-point sermon. And if you are a Baptist or have a Baptist background, then it's got to be a three-point sermon. And, and here we have that classic three-point sermon. That, if, that firstly, we are encouraged here to seek the Lord. Salvation is found in no one else. To whom shall we go? For you have the words of eternal life. It's a great verse of Scripture given to us by the Apostle Peter, talking to the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus says, He that finds me finds life, and this is eternal life, to know Him. To know Him. We need to know Him. And next we are encouraged to seek the Lord in His strength. We must have His strength for service. And we are encouraged to go to Him for that strength. That when we wait upon the Lord, He will renew our strength. And maybe you are feeling weary and tired. And we need to go to the Lord for that strength that we know not in and of ourselves. If we are tired in His service, we need to seek the Lord in His strength. And then thirdly here in verse 11, it tells us to seek His presence continually. We can know His presence continually, the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. So this verse encourages us to seek the Lord for salvation, for service, and for fellowship. And then fourthly, we see here what we are to remember in verse 12. Remember the wondrous works that He has done. And there's a few things here that this text wants us to to remember. We are to remember His wondrous works that He has done, all of His miracles, all of the things that He's done on our behalf. The Israelites were never to forget the pit out of which they were dug, out of bondage in Egypt. They were always to remember. And we see them remembering uh, different things, commemorating. They would make stone structures to remember what God had done. All of these different means because as people, we are prone to forget. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of Me. 
You may have grown up in a church that had a communion table, a Lord's table that sat across the front. This do in remembrance of me because we are so often prone to forget all the wondrous, miraculous things that God has done on our behalf. And so it is with all of us who've been set free from that bondage and slavery of sin that that the nation of Israel found itself in in Egypt. The gift of salvation, that supernatural act of deliverance that God has done out of the world, out of darkness and into light. And then also here in verse 12, it tells us that we are to remember the judgments he uttered. We are to remember his words. We are to remember his holy word. The works and the words of God are inseparably bound together. We are to remember that he is always faithful to his covenant promises to us as his people. The sin of forgetfulness along with unthankfulness is a very, very common one. And that is why the scriptures constantly call us to remember. And then fifthly here, what we should declare. We see that in verse 24. Declare his glory among the nations. His marvelous works among all the peoples. And this refrain we've seen repeated throughout this particular song. We saw it in verse 9b. Tell of all his wondrous works. 23b. Tell of his salvation from day to day. It's good for us to remember God's works for us on our behalf and his words to us. But with the mouth, we are to confess those things to other people around us, to proclaim the glorious things that he's done on our our behalf. Each one of you who's been redeemed by the Lord has a testimony. You have a testimony. And I've said it before, I'll say it again, that the wonderful thing about membership interviews is that we get to hear the testimonies of people in our congregation and the saving work that God has done in their lives. And it is amazing to hear some of them. It's incredible what God has done. And God has done a work in each and, each and every one of us. Psalm 107 verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If God has done that work in us, we ought to be able to express to other people what God has done to us. And in this text, we see that there are two different groups of people who we are to speak to. We are to speak to one another, to tell of His wonderful works. We can, we can encourage each other by sharing our testimony one with another, all of the great things that God has done for us, the way He's delivered us, the way He's helped us through challenges. John Bunyan said that when he had made When he was made whole, he wanted to tell the crows on the plowed land about it. That's how excited he was when the Lord had converted him. He wanted to tell everyone about all of the wondrous things that God had done for us. And so we who are the redeemed of the Lord, we need to seek various opportunities to be able to share what God has done in our lives and in our hearts. And the old adage still holds true that we are to go, we are to send, or we are to disobey. We are to do the going, the sending, or we are disobeying. And so often we've got people coming to us in this part of the world. And so going and sending internationally may not be as important, although there are a myriad of different needs out there, of course. But we have a myriad of different needs within our own city that we are to be going and sending and doing and helping in this very city that we live in. The number of needs out there are incredible. And so we are to have an impact not only in the world through missions, through going, through sending and helping and supporting, but also within this very community. 
Now, just in closing, I want to point us to the Lord Jesus Christ because it is amazing how thankful the Lord Jesus Christ was as a person on this earth. And I find it amazing that it, within the last week of his life, when he knew the clock was ticking in terms that his time had come, that he was about to give his life a ransom for many, he was about to be crucified and tortured, he was still giving thanks. And we see that in Luke 22 that he took the cup and he gave thanks. And we see that he took bread and he gave thanks. And what do the, what do the blood or what does the cup and the bread represent? Of course, his body and his blood that would be shed. And right there, he is giving thanks for his very death, for his own death, that he could provide a way to give us life. He was thankful to have that as an opportunity To do that, he gave thanks to God the Father and he gave thanks on many other occasions. And we should be reminded continually to be a thankful people for all that he has done for us and provided for us in the gospel. And so I hope that this song is a song of encouragement, a song of giving thanks in your own heart to the Lord, just even the reading of it. We should rejoice in just the very reading of it, let alone the explaining of it. And we should be very thankful corporately as a church for all that the Lord is doing within our midst and through our congregation. First Chronicles 16, 8 and 9, and we'll close with this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you for all of your great and mighty works on our behalf and help us to be thankful and grateful for all that you do and provide, that we have such a good and glorious God that we know you that when the trials of this life are over, we will be received into your presence and give praises to your great name forevermore. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen.